Hello, everybody. I am. No, sorry. <laughs> I ne- I just I never feel like it like fits quite right, but mm-hmm. it's fine. Anyways, hello everybody. Um, this is No Trick Flick Moments, our supernatural watchcast, and I am your co-host Remy, and I am your other co-host B. Hi guys. Hi B. Hi. And today we are watching and discussing. Season. And crying over. <laughs> season 14, episode 18, Absence. Uh, <laughs> you know what, B? I know that previously I've made fun of you for your heaving size when <laughs> I give the episode name or the episode description. I just but- get tense and I'm like, I don't know what to say. And be like, there's an episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in this case... It, 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 I, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you. You, Thank you. you deserve this one. Because... It really is an ominous moment. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so so today we're talking about uh, episode eighteen, absence. Um, and this was a episode written by uh, Robert Bobo Barons, uh, and directed by. Uh, why are you sighing, sighing at that? <laughs> I'm like, this bastard did this, this to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, fair. Uh, and it was directed by Nina uh, Lopez-Corrado. So, the, the, the description for this episode reads, Sam and Dean continue to worry about the condition of Jack's soul. Oh my god, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh my god. That absence. I'm like, Mary's not even in the fucking description. I'm collapsing like a dying star. I I fucking like I made some inappropriate noises at my desk at work when I wrote down this description. <laughs> Just like squeaking like the death knell is coming for you. I was like, what the fuck is that? That <laughs> How is that the, the description for this episode? Anyways. Oh my god. Sam okay. and Dean continue to worry about the condition of Jack's soul. Well, I think for the first time we didn't have to worry about commas or splicing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn it. Um, yeah. Where should we start? Do we start on the episode or do we the mention recap? that the very first thing the recap does is have Jack's I am a Winchester moment? <gasps> oh no. Yeah. I I'll I'll be thinking about that later. I I didn't I didn't you know give that any. Mm, I'm drinking already. <laughs> I didn't give that any thought because um I was too busy fucking crying over the whole rest of the recap where we had and we never talk about the recap but but here we are. This is what this episode has fucking done to us. We have, you know, Jack, uh, Michael Smoothie moment. Mm -hmm. We have Jack with all the kind of like ominous things that we've been building up to into this episode. And we have uh, all the, all this, this montage of like the good and the bad that Jack has done in typical, like kind of hype uh, uh, recap style. And then at the end of the recap, we slow down. And we yeah, I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, tonight tonight's a drinking night. I have wine. What do you have, B? I have cherry mead. Cherry mead. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I just just you sob into your cups and and uh, oh. 
we so so but at the end of this recap it's uh a revisit to jack standing there as you know the the savior of the day and and dean and sam are looking up to him and, and we have that scene where sam says uh, uh what about nick and then he, and then jack says i took care of it and then he says what about mom and jack says it's fine everything's going to be fine and yep. <laughs> she's fine everything's going to be fine and we're all fine we're all fucking fine and it was just so soft and and then yes and then we go back to that confrontation with mary and where we left off before i mean in the last episode that cliffhanger of the last episode remy we're fucked we're fucked i know it's six minutes in i don't even fucking care so we <laughs> Guys, buckle fucking in. No. <laughs> and, and 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 we we end the recap where we ended last week's episode with that cut to black Jack in a tremulous voice saying, "Mary?" Yeah. I'm, and <laughs> I'm fine. I'm We're not fine. deflating at all. We're going to make it through this one. Yeah. Yeah. We will. So, let's Yes. So, then. So, now. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Sam and Dean come into the bunker and they are calling for Mary and Jack. And this occurs as the camera slowly pans from the war room into the library. And we see Dean sitting with a couple beers available for them. And their search through the bunker has come to no avail. Yeah. They they came in, they were calling for Jack and, and Mary. And we had a little bit of a time skip where they're just, you know, sitting down with a couple of beers and saying, hey, you know, maybe they just stopped for, for food. No. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some detour that's happened, but it's no big deal. Yeah, this is this was a good day. Uh, Dean says, "Here's to another win, basically, well, another miraculous Sam Winchester survival." Yeah, so just like pointing at the event of Sam almost dying and being able to look at it with levity, like quite the 180 considering where Dean was when Sam had the head injury and it did not look good. No, he was he was fucking terrified. But I mean, then here is Dean. He's praising Jack. He he does turn the topic to Jack to say, "God bless that kid," basically. Yeah, don't know what we'd do without him, and he's basically their get out of jail free card right now. Yeah, he said sometimes it feels like we'd be up the creek without that kid, and I don't know what we'd do without him. You know, Michael, Nick, and you know he brought Sam back. He he did save Sam and it was bad so it is it, something horrible could have happened but because of Jack it didn't and mm -hmm. did Sam even respond in any way or well Sam was like you almost sound happy for it yeah, well no what he said was you don't sound too you know too happy for it you almost sound bummed about it Mm-hmm. But no, like that that's basically it. And uh -huh. so they decide that they're going to call Mary again, and this time her phone buzzes on the war room table, and so oh. they realize that she doesn't have it. So now Sam tries calling Jack, but Jack isn't answering because as we see, he is dissociating at the cabin. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, um as soon as they realize that 
she doesn't have her phone. Uh, they get worried. They both get worried. I mean, Sam pulls out his phone immediately, and 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 we cut to Jack, and and his phone is ringing, but he is just totally checked out. He is, he's just not even hearing it. Yeah, he's not in a place where this world is really affecting him. Oh, man. And then we uh, come back from commercial and (laughs) everyone is actually worried now because uh, we come back. Dean is getting off the phone with Jody and uh, Sam has left voice messages for Charlie, Donna, Bobby, and he just talked to Rowena and Rowena said that she could work some magic to work a tracking spell because yeah. I assume it's been hours and still no word. This is no stop for a burger on yeah. the way home. And so at this time, Cass calls Dean saying that he got Dean's message about Nick and Cass really has an epic eye roll when he hears what Nick <laughs> was up to. You know what? I just, let's just take a second right here at the top of the episode to give some kudos for the directing and the cinematography of this episode. Yes. Yes. There were a couple of scene transitions, especially near the end, where it was so seamless that I was really impressed just looking back at my notes going, oh, wow, like, this transition here was flawless. It was just a super solid. Uh, And I bring it up because I really like this phone call between Dean and Cass. And we have Cass on the road or he's parked, but um, he's in his truck. And and I don't know, there's just something about the the framing of the shot and the light and uh, the way that we were cutting back and forth from the bunker to Cass. I don't know. It's just really good. It was all just really solid this episode. There was a lot Mm -hmm. of moments when... It was kind of like um, the Spear episode where I was like, you know what? I never really give half a thought to the soundtrack, the you know, the, the score of an yeah. episode. But there was something about that episode that just the, every music choice, um, even just the ambient, ambient um, like noises and, and tunes, the background music, uh, it just it just hopped out at me. And yeah, it made it really polished and pulled together. Right, right. And, it, and, and I couldn't put my finger on it, but it was like, yeah, I noticed it because it was good. Now here, it's like, I'm, I'm a dumb baby when it comes to like yep. film. Cinnamon topography. <laughs> exactly. But, but I just like that. That's good. It was good. <laughs> yes. I like this. So we have we have Cass and he is uh, uh, he's asking. So where's Nick? And yeah. and all yeah. that Dean knows is that Nick has been taken care of. Cass is worried that Mary and Jack are alone together, and Dean uh-huh. gets weirded out by the question there. Uh huh. And then Sam starts pinging off Dean's weirdness and starts getting stressed too. Yeah. I mean, when Cass asked about Nick, Dean is, you know, he's a little tight in the shoulders and he's just like, I don't, I don't know. Jack just said that he took care of it. And then it's basically like, okay, well, where's Jack? And he's with Mary. And that's when Cass gets like still and very worried. And he's like alone. And you're right. Like I, again, We're still at the top of the episode, but let me pause and say the acting in this episode. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's so good because I'll be getting into it at the cabin scene. But yeah. everyone has been bringing really subtle layers to their acting choices, and it brings attention to the surface that otherwise you wouldn't experience. And it's just like 
uh, Jensen played his reaction to that really, really well. He, um, he's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Cast they're together alone. What, like, what does that even mean? It, it, it really is. It puts him on his back foot, but they, they go forward to say, um, Cass kind of fesses up. Yeah, he gathers his courage, and when Dean presses yeah. for it, he recounts Jack's euthanizing of Felix the Snake. Yeah. And he's mentioning, like, maybe it's a mercy kill, but Dean's just annoyed that this is coming up right now. Like, yeah. he doesn't see why this should ping on the radar at the same time as Jack and Mary are missing. And Cass finishes out the story by saying, I don't think Jack is well, Dean. Dean really isn't putting two and two together there at all. Because when Cass says, I I, I should have told you, Dean is just like, no, but you waited until we were already worried about something. And now this. But he's not connecting the two. You know what I mean? I think he's refusing to connect the two right now. Like, we'll yeah. definitely be getting into this. But Dean is... Moving through denial through a lot of this episode, and we're seeing it start right here, right now. Yeah. And we, through this whole thing, we have, and I kind of made fun of it, I know, when when this episode aired, where we're having this whole, like, three-minute conversation with Dean and Cass, and the the whole time, like, Sam is just sitting at the war table, like, making confused, increasingly confused faces at... Mm-hmm. <laughs> at Dean's yep. back like because he's he's only hearing one side of this conversation and all he sees is Dean getting agitated but I was just I I don't know I took a moment to think about Jared for this for, <laughs> for this scene and like him just having to sit there for 20 minutes like making confused faces yeah increasingly yeah. confused faces <laughs> um yeah, Dean hangs up here. He just does not care about the snake, and yeah. he's not seeing the forest for the trees, like we said. And and I mean, he, Sam says, "What? What happened? What's wrong?" And uh, Dean just says, "Like Cass said that Jack's been weird. He he went all Kevorkian on his snake, and um, but." but whatever we need to look for we need to look for mom like we just need to find out where they are uh yeah. uh, uh and and uh, sam says I-, I think i have an idea and he pulls out his laptop and he actually is able to track jack's phone and jack is world hopping yeah so on the screen we can see the icon representing jack's phone has jumped from nepal to peru to france to madagascar and I know I said it at the time, but I was like, my God, amazing cell coverage going on for that <laughs> kid there. But he, yeah, he's flying around the world and we just don't know why. Um, I mean, God, this is hard. This episode is going to be hard because because I, I'm going to try to I'm just going to try to keep my head in the same place where I was at the time when I watched this episode, which is. Okay, so Jack is looking for Mary. We haven't even talked mm-hmm. about it yet, but but is it, it, we're we're still sitting on this question on what happened to Mary? Um, yeah, we as the viewer know more than Sam and Dean do here, uh, but not much more. <laughs> no, really, it's that fade to black Mary moment, and yeah. then what follows from there. You know this getaway or whatever jack Mm -hmm. said was this a just physical temporal what does it mean when he says that yeah and 
when we have Jack world hopping here, like, I know that when we ended last week's episode, we were talking like, okay, is Mary dead or did he just send her away? Um, Mm -hmm. Now I was sitting firmly in the camp of he, he fucking, he fucking killed her. But then, but then you were like, no, I think that he just sent her somewhere. Um, And that wasn't even something that I had thought of when we first watched it. But, uh, but then coming into this episode, I know I said it at the time, but I didn't realize how strongly I felt that they weren't going to kill Mary until yes. until they tried to, like, tell yes. me that they were killing Mary. Yeah, because after the first time you watched it, we talked and you were just still a little shell-shocked about that. You're like, she's not really dead. I... And it it was just this emotional lag that you're playing through. And it was really well earned thanks to the way uh-huh. that this episode's playing out because the characters likewise are going through the all the steps that they can to believe that Mary's still there and yeah. she's retrievable. She's just misplaced for the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm here thinking, oh shit, he did send her away. He's looking for Mary. Yeah. And I think we see as much when we cut to this next scene because it's at the cabin, it's nighttime again, and Jack here collapses in the dirt and he's just looking forlorn as he rises to his feet. <sighs> he, oh my gosh, yeah, he, he's looking, it's, he's looking rough, um, both exhausted and like super lost. Yeah, there's the physical and emotional toil here. Uh-huh. And he stands up. Um, it's full dark now. Uh, he pulls out his phone, and um, he has a number of missed calls from uh, all his dads, Cass, Dean, and Sam. Yeah. Um, tons of missed calls, tons of voicemails, tons of text messages, and he just doesn't have the gumption to look at any of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Cass is spelt... C-A-S-S in Jack's phone. I was like, oh, come on. Uh, It's been how long? I know. They're just trolling us at this point. (laughs) It's intentional. And then right here we get a brief flashback that involves Jack with Mary. So meeting her in Michael's cage near the beginning of season 13, the final leave me alone moment, and then there's some fighting angels in between. Uh Uh-huh. And... Then we see behind him on the cabin porch is a figure moving forward. And initially (laughs) is this Nick, but no, when he starts talking to Jack, the eyes flare and it's a figment that represents Lucifer. My fucking notes. It says this note is fucking Nick. And then a cut, fucking Lucifer. And then another (laughs) cut. And then all caps. No, it's worse. It's not even, it's not even Lucifer. It's a fucking hallucination. Uh, I feel so bad for Jack. Oh my gosh. Uh, Because Jack turns around, he says, Nick. And Lucifer is like, guess again. And then, Lucifer? (laughs) And then Lucifer, "Ah, closer. But, But no, not quite. This is your subconscious. I'm you. Yeah. 
And you know what? This really felt, at least on first watch, that it was tied somehow to Nick's spell last episode. Because we saw the way when he burned the shirt and the blood on it seemed to cripple Jack, like bend him over. Mm -hmm. It really felt like, okay, is there some sort of connection that is being formed between Nick and Lucifer here? Like, even though... Lucifer was sent back into the empty. Does he somehow have a connection with Jack in this world? I know that really was a gray area upon initial watch and after viewing it a couple times, it's gone away. Uh But there was that initial confusion, I think, that was just, is this Lucifer? Like, are we getting fed a bullshit even as he's saying that he's Jack's subconscious? Well, there was a lot of speculation on what you know what mark p was doing in this episode because uh the preview from last up like in between uh the last episode and this episode it had mark p in it so we knew that that some iteration of mark p was going to be in this episode we were just like what like what does it mean who could it be was it a resurrected nick was it lucifer what was it yeah and so when (laughs) <laughs> we had that like moment here where it was oh oh nick oh no lucifer oh no it's he's not even real <laughs> yeah i'm like, like you're gonna just keep me constantly on my toes around this one i'm not gonna trust a damn thing no i just threw my hands up in the air i was like fuck this <laughs> <laughs> i know i know that you don't have as much like history with the lucifer character um more now than you did before yeah. where uh where i know when we were watching this airing uh you were you know you hadn't even i don't even think had seen like season five yet but no no i saw it it oh, was yeah? just lucifer i hadn't gotten to that point yeah you hadn't seen everything since then like, so i'm with- like this is my lucifer right here <laughs> <laughs> with season 11 12 all that um no. i but but i i feel less strongly about it now but i know that i really felt like they were just yanking our chain with uh this season 14 lucifer nick character as as it was airing because i'm just like like pick a fucking lane i guess with what can we do is this character just here forever no matter what we no matter what deaths he's put through I was like, I don't know. I just felt like we were grasping at straws on um, a, a way to keep Mark P around when it's just like, I don't know. It didn't. I I, I, I was kind of done with him and, mm-hmm. and not, not necessarily even him. Just, you know, the whole Lucifer yeah, character. Because at the start of this season, we were like, how is Nick even here? Yeah. And then everything that comes after it kind of has that bedrock beneath it. Yeah, yeah. And in here, so we have um of a, a fucking Lucifer. We have uh, Jack hallucinating Lucifer and and you you brought me back to it around to it a little bit where you were like, "You know what? I think that Lucifer is actually a good choice as the representation of Jack's kind of Jack's guilt and his Yes. And uh, you know what it made me think of is it was his like self-harm tendencies where he's he's really just beating himself up here and who better to do that than lucifer himself yeah i'm like this is the winchester instinct right here like (laughs) oh something went wrong pile on the guilt yeah but jack initially is saying like i don't want your help 
But Uh this hallucination is saying that Jack can't or won't be able to wiggle out of this one because he's killed Mary and he can't come back from that. And and I'm like, killed? Like, what? (laughs) What (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Put put my hand up to my ear. What did you just say? (laughs) We we went with that word already well well i was just like no no because it's lucifer like i i i'm still sitting that uh, this is a trick this is this is a doubt okay i think that jack doesn't know what he did well i'll i'll talk about this later but um the parallels that are going on between jack and dean in this episode are really striking oh yeah yes well, well, I mean, it's just uh, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it a lot through this episode. But again, you know, going through this episode, I didn't realize how hard I was fighting against like the notion that Mary is dead and not coming back. Yeah. Until until I was just in so fucking deep denial over everything that they were telling us along the way. Like, yeah, you're backed <laughs> in a corner and you're still doing mental backflips to keep away from it. Uh huh. Exactly. But it's like. Lucifer saying here, the sooner you accept it, the easier it will be. Oh my god. And Jack is just insisting it was an accident, but this hallucination is saying, tell Sam and Dean that. It's not like family isn't everything to them. And so that right there is playing into Jack's insecurity. I think that he believes that even though he and Mary are both family to Sam and Dean, that Mary is higher up on the food chain. So if they had to pick one, you know, two people dangling over the cliff, they would pick Mary over him. And so there's a lot of insecurity that's feeding into that line there, too. It really reminded me strongly of Michael and what Michael was saying to Jack about how Jack isn't family. They, you know, they had a family. You're just a parasite. Um, Yeah. These are the doubts we're seeing again and again that Jack feels like he is just a burden that they've taken on rather than someone they have chosen as part of their family. Yeah. Yeah. And he's always, you know, this is what Jack does. does. He's always trying to earn his place and he wants to be useful and he feels like he feels useless without his powers and he came into this world being told essentially that it was his destiny to do great things Uh and so he came in with this feeling of i have to live up to things like there's an unattainable self that i'm constantly working towards and i'll never be enough holy shit you just (sighs) You just fucking blew my mind open where I'm thinking about him coming into this world and being confronted with Sam and Dean, where Dean, yes, is being openly hostile and 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 Ka- and Jack is, you know, through imitation or through his usefulness is is trying to get into um, Dean's good graces. Mm hmm. But then we have Sam, who is like with a defter hand. No, he's sitting there like no, fucking he's trying with to a defter hand, Mister Miyagi to move him, him towards him things. Yeah. He's he's trying to Mister Miyagi him, except that if you look at it, like maybe Sam's heart was in the right place, but he we do know that he did have ulterior motives. He wanted to use Jack's powers to try to get Mary back from from the alternate dimension. But but look at where Jack is sitting. It's like he has one 
the only people he, he knows, the only people that he has to... These are his allies. ...to rely on. Uh, one despises him, and the other is, like, constantly... Jack, I'm sure Jack feels that he's constantly disappointing him because here's Sam putting the pencil in front of him saying, move it, and he can't, and, and Jack is failing, and it's fucking, like... I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And Dean's like, I'm fucking mad. And, 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 and Jack has, Jack is just not, he's not getting affection from anywhere. He can't. This is where he is getting his formative molding. Ah! And this is under the elements that is. And not only that, but bringing it to sort of this flashback that we saw where Jack and Mary in the apocalypse world, like those were Jack's formative period Uh when he had to do a lot of growing up and it was in the environment of war it was being strategic it was dealing out death to those who deserved it so it was a world of black and white and Uh then as we went through season 14 we're being given a lot of gray area situations and he's just not handling them well because no one has ever sat down and taught him about the shades of gray I guess I I never really realized how justified, how foundational, or how strong the foundation actually was for these these um relationships. Well, well, for Jack's complexes with his perceived mm-hmm. usefulness and his worth. And I mean to put the cherry on the cake there. Cass as the sworn guardian to him and Cass is constantly my usefulness determines my value here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cass says the same thing. Um yeah. Yeah. So fuck. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> We're doing dissertations in this moment. Yeah. I don't know why I like went on the Jack Spiral, but damn. So. It kind of is the Jack Spiral episode. Even Rowena's <laughs> like he's spinning. Oh man. So 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 Jack, it was an accident and <sighs> Lucifer just Yeah, just try saying that. Yeah. Go ahead. You know how it's going to work out. Oh man. And Jack uses his powers to blow the figment away and then he's just left standing there looking sad and alone. Oh, and yeah. then and then um, so I guess he's been standing still long enough that time to dissociate again. <laughs> well, well, Dean and Sam now have you know a place to go. Uh, we're we cut to Sam and Dean in the Impala, and uh, Sam still has his laptop. Um, but I mean, I, 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 like I said, I guess, I guess Jack has been now in one place for long enough. They, they have a direction to head in. So, yes. so we. Uh, uh, Sam says, yeah. Yeah. What's happening in this scene is Dean is just not talking. He is focused on finding Jack and finding out what's going on. But Sam is sitting there trying to speculate, you know, maybe Lucifer's back. Maybe both of them were taken. And Jack must have thought he was helping. He was being kind. This is in reference to Felix again. And this is what, again, snaps Dean out of sitting there stone-faced. He's just taken aback that they're talking about the snake again. (laughs) Dean insists that they don't know that Jack is soulless and he's not talking about it. And he follows it up by saying... This is the plan, you know, we're going to find them and figure it out after. He isn't interested in trying to rationalize what's going on. He is interested in a plan, a path, a goal, and he just puts his blinders on and he moves towards it. 
I I really love Sam here because he he is he's trying to puzzle it out. He's trying to rationalize it. He's like he he says the thing that, about Lucifer like maybe Lucifer took them and that doesn't I guess Dean can can stone face through that. It's like well then if that's the case then we'll deal with it. But but then when Sam says and the snake Dean yeah, is just maybe this was Jack's fuck. motivations. Uh, the the snake really and and Sam says, "Look, I'm just trying to understand." I loved that line. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to understand. I'm just trying to puzzle it out. Like, I what I'm just trying to figure out what it looks like, what it means, a soulless Jack. And then Dean shuts the fuck down. He says, "We don't know that he has no soul." So I just I don't want to talk about it. Let's yeah. just let's just find them. He reiterates, like we just have to find them. Yeah, if. I, I don't know how great this analogy is, but Sam is really doing a breadth-first search of the scenarios right now. He's trying to think of possible reasons why things went on. But Dean is doing a depth-first search. He isn't interested in the woulda-could-as-what-ifs. He wants to find out exactly what happened and then how yeah. to move forward. And then deal and with it. Talking about the energies between these two approaches, Dean is on a very active role. He is pushing them towards things. Whereas Sam is in a more contemplative, passive role as being, you know, can we take a moment and process? And Dean being the one that is moving them is saying, no, we don't have time to do this right now because we are acting instead of thinking. And and for Sam, I, I really like how immediately... Sam clues in on, you know, what Cass was getting at, what yes. Cass himself is worried about. Like, we have Sam and Cass sitting together, actually worried that something, you know, horrible happened. Well, we have Cass and Sam that are both willing to vocalize their doubts. Yeah. And Dean, where he's presently at, is he is stubbornly evading them. Yes, yes. So, so we get to the cabin. We Yeah. So Jack's signal was lost somewhere near Longton KA, is that Kansas too? Yes it is. Okay. And <laughs> so they just got to hope that he's still there. The Impala pulls up to the cabin, flashlights are out. Sam goes to check in the interior of this place whereas Dean is scoping out the exterior. Yeah. And we get a first-person perspective of the door opening and Sam going inside. And this is interspersed with, again, some first-person perspectives of Dean looking at the siding. He's walking through the bushes. Sam, you're just getting this feeling of dread. You're being invited to be in their position of the dark, spooky location where you don't know what happened. And Sam in particular, comes across Nick's dead body, his crispy bacon body. Oh my god, don't tell me, don't say that, because we, because as, as Sam is coming into the room, he smells it. You, like, we, yep. <laughs> fuck you. So, so yeah, yep. um, and so when he's he calling for, corpse. yeah, well, I just think about Sam, um, he, he's calling cautiously for mary and and jack and he does smell this and i mean uh, fuck what was he thinking you're in the dark and you don't know until you find yeah and he finds a body but it's 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 nick 
At God, thanks. <laughs> um, except, except Sam is horrified. Yeah, well, again, crispy bacon body is not probably a great thing to stumble across when it's human shaped. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sam, um, he he looks at Nick and he he basically has an oh no moment, and he mm-hmm. um. He bursts from the cabin and he's going after Dean. He's calling for Dean with urgency. He's like, no, like this is my fears realized. Yeah, Something there's some bad shit happen. that happened here. Yeah. Yeah. And but but Dean is um standing with his back to the cabin, looking He slowed out. his uh-huh. approach through the bushes, and Sam meets him at a blast site where the earth has been turned to rubble. <sighs> And we get this dramatic music, this like, just really- Yes. Again, going back to talking about, say, the musical cues that you uh-huh. saw in The Spear, this moment here, we get these big booming tones that are really imitating, yeah. I think, like an increasing heartbeat. You're supposed to be feeling dread and you're supposed to feel the anxiety. And again, the camera work that was occurring here uh-huh. was just inviting us to experience what the characters were experiencing. Right. We're, 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 we're zooming out. Um, we're looking at Sam and Dean and we see that they- you know see this scorched land but then we zoom out and we get this like aerial view and it's not it's it's it's, it's not an entire little. no it's an entire clearing just yeah, it's this cone shaped oh my god scorched earth yeah yeah completely decimated and completely burnt out yes so so <laughs> so 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 there's a commercial break here But the next scene that we come up with is Cass, and he has parked his truck. He's out front of the cabin, and we see his eyes in the rear viewer mirror, and he just looks dejected. Oh my god, he looks scared. He He looks miserable, yeah. Um, this, again, this shot, this camera work, this framing, oh my god, I'm freaking out. So, so, Mm -hmm. yes, we just, all we see is, 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 you know, Cass's eyes in his rear view mirror as he's parked in front of the cabin, and he is afraid. He's scared to go inside. It's, he's just, he needs this moment to collect himself, and as he's sitting here, he, his thoughts turn to Mary. Yeah, so... We get his flashback with Mary, and it is after a vampire hunt that the two of them were on <laughs> together. Mary has been injured, and she's snacking, but she's reluctant to let him heal her. And yeah. she says that she's still adjusting, and she still is kind of afraid of the fact that angels exist, and they're allies and enemies, depending on who you're speaking uh-huh. to. And, I mean, Cass, poor Cass. Cass looks so sad when Mary doesn't want, you know, him to heal her. Well, I I felt like he just was feeling like the outsider, you know? Yeah. That this rejection happened and he is disappointed, but it is also like it is what he was expecting. Well, like he, we he know deserved. he gets it. Well, we know he gets it from Dean all the fucking mm-hmm. time. Dean never wants uh, Cass to heal him. Well, I say, I don't know. I say that, but it's like when like one or two times that he's refused to healing. It was always because he was being self-punishing. Uh, <laughs> but Well, uh, this is a moment with Barry, you know, trying. It's just a subtle motion, yeah. but it also is a gesture of approval or 
trust these type of things and Cass is just not receiving it and he seems ready and willing to accept the fact that he's not going to receive it so oh my gosh so so we are in a Mary Cass flashback and this isn't this isn't recycled footage from this isn't the first Season thing 12, that we saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When when you when you said, you know, Mary flashback, I didn't even ping on it as a fucking flashback when when Jack was having those fla- those those little flashes of memory with Mary cuz it was, you know, just things that we had seen before, whatever. I'm like, "Oh, he's 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 worried." But then here, here, we have this scene that we've never seen before. Um we're also thrown back to season 12, uh, early season 12, but we cut to this, you know, grayscale flashback and i'm like uh what what (laughs) what are we doing what is this what uh, because (laughs) again you'll be fine remy the episode will be fine look look the episode is trying to tell me that something horrible has happened and i am not i'm not (laughs) nope oh 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 and and guess fucking what it's cass's truck Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's Cass's season 12 truck, and it's so pretty, and I I miss it so much. <laughs> and I and I can't believe oh my god, I screamed. I can't believe they've been sitting on the fucking truck. Why is Cass driving that big hulking silver fucking I don't know truck? Silverado something. Yeah, like. Exactly. And when when they have his his Chevy. Oh, like oh i'm dying but anyways Mm -hmm. we have we 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 have Cass talking to mary and i'm screaming inside but uh we have mary and Cass get into the car they say well she kind of excuses the awkward moment by saying you know we better go the boys will be waiting yeah and like you say Cass drives into the driver's seat and Mary is going to be his passenger. I'm like, Cass driving the Winchesters is my jam. Uh-huh. Um, before leaving, Cass takes a moment to reassure Mary that she's welcomed no matter how long she needs to process her return and what yeah. that means for her. And he, he says so happily yeah. that finally Sam and Dean don't have to be so alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it takes me to this place where you can feel selfless joy for the people in your lives. And even though it could be perceived as a sad moment for him because he has completely discredited his place in their lives. Exactly. He is exclu- excluding his himself. I yeah, would say Mary's unconsciously. Return yeah. That harkens that Sam and Dean aren't alone anymore. Right, right. And I mean, oh my god, this scene is so soft and and I again so love to see Misha getting to, you know, uh, stretch his legs a little bit. Uh, he he gets to, you know, oh, like actually Cass smiles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. We shouldn't be freaking out so much over a freaking smile. I say knowing that I'm going to be sobbing later over <laughs> Dean's flashback with Mary. But <laughs> um but uh Cass says, um, you know, I I know you already know this, but they are so happy that you're here. 
They're they're just they're happy that you're just here. Being here is enough. And and this is something that we've heard a lot of, both from Sam and Dean, um, regarding Mary. And Mary does feel like she's been falling short, but but we have her boys reassuring her on all sides. And and it was so good to see it from Cass here. And it was so it was so good. Yeah, um, and it was so heartening too to have Mary smile at him in return. And it's almost mm-hmm. it's a bit sweet, it's a bit wry, but the look on her face as she answers him that they were never alone. Yeah, in which Mary is all of us saying, "Cass, you count too." And I'm yeah. so, I'm so glad that, you know, Mary is 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 voicing that. She says they were never alone because because Mary looks to Cass and and Cass is kind of not looking at her anymore. He he's like, okay, good peace said. I feel good yeah, about yeah, and almost like myself. a little bashful that he brought <laughs> uh-huh. it to that. It's it's a bit uh-huh. of an intimate moment. Like he f- might feel like he's speaking out of turn, commenting on the Winchester family dynamics. Yeah, and here is Mary extending the hand, being like, no, you have a place commenting on these things. You are here for you them are too. Family and. And I don't know. I I really liked how Samantha played it here. Uh, Mary is just looking at Cass and and she is in her face. We see her, you know, seeing the love that Cass is just, you know, pouring into the world (laughs) with with uh, and just I think a bit, too, of how lucky Sam and Dean are to have someone who cares for them so much. Exactly that. Yes. Um, so that final thing that mm-hmm. she says, the you, they were never alone. It actually echoes back in present time where we return to Cass in the car. Oh, and my God. And, I and, think and that this is really the moment where Cass is processing the likely outcomes of the upcoming conversation. And he's already presuming the worst. Like he's shoring himself up. And with this being the flashback that happens here, I would say that he's thinking of Mary's reassurance of his place with Sam and Dean. You know, he went out alone and tried to protect them from the worst regarding Jack. And when he left Anael in the last episode, he had this certainty of not being alone and the strength in your community. But the moment has come where he has to put his money where his mouth is and I feel like that strength of certainty he's had has wavered the closer he gets to it. But he is still trying to have faith in what Mary was saying there. Like, you are part of this family and what he has experienced this season, being part of the family. He's trying not to give in to doubt. <laughs> my my heart is trying to, like... Throttle me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like... <laughs> I was gonna say, it's trying to, like... It feels like it's not where it should be. <laughs> well, yes, be all of, yes, yes, all of that. Fuck, I'm like, you know what, guys? I haven't cried yet on this podcast. It's gonna happen eventually, but but be <laughs> this. It's such a subtle moment, but when you tie together the flashback, when you have Misha's acting choices and Cass's journey to this point, the decisions he's made like 
And I mean, not to get too deep into it, but when we go to Cass telling Dean, like, he left this morning, he was just feeling cooped up and he needed to get on the road. Yeah. But really what Cass was doing was going and trying to find a solution to the doubts that he has about Jack. So, like, right there, there is something that Dean took at face value that Cass yeah. said when it wasn't true. And so all of these things are now going to be... He's has a comeuppance moment of the decisions he's made, and he's expecting the worst because it's Cass. But he's also trying to have faith that they'll make it through. Yeah. I mean, that, that echo of they were never alone, it's one part what... Uh, boys i don't know how to say that fucking word <laughs> it's half of what carries cast forward and it's half of what just burrows deep into his like deepest doubts and fears it, it makes everything that much more scary because he he knows what he would lose yes Oh my god, yes, so he's finally having some faith in the fact that he belongs here. Except and he this doesn't is... want to go back to being without it. Exactly. Exactly. Except like you said, this is his come up its moment. He 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 thought he had it and then now it he it's gonna blow up in his face. Yeah. And, and if he's telling Anael about the strength of community and we're not alone, you know, they were never alone. We're not alone, we have each other. He's got to do what he says and not just say it. And as he left Anael, he said with surety, I'm I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell Sam mm-hmm. and Dean I'm not going to be scared. I, I was scared. And I all said, you're just scared to confront the truth. And he was. And he was. <laughs> and, but with this surety in... His place in this family now, um, he knew that the right thing to do was to tell his family about what his concerns were and then face them head on. And I just, I just think about how, like, that, he was going to do it. He was going to do it. And then just the exact wrong thing happened at the exact wrong time. And then this happens. Cass goes into the cabin. Well, uh, uh, not to Please. beat this horse to death, but I'm just thinking of like the surety that you have when you make a decision and the time between making that decision and then carrying it out. Like he has to get in the car. He has to drive home. He gets a voicemail from Dean. He pulls over. He listens to it. It does not sound good. And he still has to continue this drive. And there's would just be this building dread coming up because you guys didn't end that phone call on great terms. And you're going to have to confess something that you were already dreading. But yeah. now it's in less than ideal circumstances, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's fucking rough. <laughs> and, and yeah. yeah. So, so. So wait, what did you say about Dean? Because because it's gonna come right in here where you said that Dean let Cass go, and then and then now you know that was betrayed. And yes. in the, we we have talked a lot in the past few few episodes about that solid trust between them, between everybody, but but you know in the last couple of episodes between Dean and uh, Cass especially, and. 
and just how solid they've been. And then now it's just, it's a really deep betrayal because. Yeah. Because we've both been making strides and here is something telling you like those strides were for naught or like six steps forward, 10 steps back. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really is because it's just like, I don't know. I think about Dean and how he was lied to you know this that's what dean thinks okay that's where dean is sitting he you lied to us yeah a white lie is the same as a regular lie they fall in the same category and i think that i think that dean is reacting as strongly as he is as aggressively as he is because in in dean's book it's like i I trusted you and now I feel that I shouldn't have like yes. it was like Dean was putting himself out there and then and then it was he's getting burned it blew for up. It. Exactly. Exactly. So so Dean so Sam walks into no fuck. <laughs> yeah. So so we're inside the cabin and oh Sam has covered the char brisket Nick with a blanket and he is still presuming like he assumes that Jack did this, but Dean is still in denial. He's saying that they don't know, and besides, Nick probably deserved it. Like he's trying to justify what has happened here. And Sam wanted him dead too, but this is a gruesome ending for Nick. And so then Cass enters, and Dean's already turning his back to him. Yeah. And Cass, I feel, represents the truth that Dean doesn't want to hear. Oh my god. Like, that's what Dean is holding him to in this moment. It's like, you knew and you didn't tell us. And Dean, his, again, his behavior through this episode is steeped in denial and needing to pursue some sort of goal that is going to undo what happens. Cass walks in and Dean turns fully away from him um, and doesn't say a word. Sam is the one who has to break the ice here. He 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 says he tries to fill Cass in a little bit. He uh Cass asks, is that Nick? And and yeah, and there's some sort of Sam says, there's some sort of blast site behind the cabin. It looks angelic, but yeah. bigger. Yeah. And Cass, as he hears this, he's just sagging like he's briefly collapses with this yeah and it's the worst coming true like yeah but he he rallies while sam briefs him on the search and dean's back is still turned as they mentioned the blast site but he turns to interject that it may have been lucifer they don't know it was jack like you guys are making assumptions left right and center yeah yeah they're still you don't know we don't know yeah But Sam says, well, Jack said, and Dean goes, we don't know. But if he did something to her, if she's, and we cut to Sam, and he looks like he's thinking it. But Dean points his finger to Cass and says, then you're dead to me. Rude! (laughs) Cass is the truth here. Cass represents the things that Dean doesn't want to hear in this moment. And so Dean's straight out saying, like, don't you come near me, basically. Oh my god. And Sam, he's taken aback. He he wants to jump in. He, Sam is pretty much the, okay, let's maybe think about our words here. Yeah. <laughs> Cass takes the hit, but Sam yeah, is does. trying to correct Dean from building inertia and making things worse. Like, don't do things you can't undo. But Dean just continues that Cass knew and he didn't tell them. Yeah. 
Um, and and like I said, it's just a it's just a really really deep betrayal. And I and I think that Dean is the one who's you know being more active in in his in his anger and his you know denial of what's happening while like you said sam is the more like contemplative one he's being he's taking a more logical approach to things but i i i I want to read into this that dean is reacting so strongly because he's feeling it deeper this this uh perceived betrayal by Cass. this uh yeah he I mean, I want to get into this in a later um, scene within this episode, but Dean is also running from the guilt and awareness that oh, yeah. he also suspected something was wrong with Jack and he didn't do anything. Yeah. And so he is really projecting this guilt onto other people, namely Cass. Oh, man. So so, so Dean says, you didn't tell us. You knew and you didn't tell us. And Cass stands up for himself and i am fucking livid Li- yeah, like, like living sorry not livid living <laughs> yeah Cass inhales and he looks up it. finally sam is making a face like he thinks dean's gone too far and dean looks briefly to Cass as well but he turns away again like uh-huh. you can see it's almost like a moment where he wants to take it back and then he is too self-justified in his anger yeah and then like you say it's Cass who is gearing up to break our heart. Oh my god. He he Cass pleads his case and he and I I see it as him standing up for himself and I yes. so like it. He he comes back to them. He he did just take the hit when Dean started in, but now he is making that plea he want he's he's reaching that hand out to say we are family. We yeah we can do this together but this anyways. is where i was like mm-hmm. can you meet me in this place yep Cass says i was i was scared um oh man yeah it, he says uh, i yes i knew that there was something wrong when i saw what jack did and <laughs> yeah he says that he believed in Jack for so long that he'd be good for the world. And Cass's voice catches when he says, he was good for us. Yeah. My faith never wavered. And then regarding Felix, it gets brought up again. Jack saw a problem and he solved it. And Dean is immediately pissed that the snake is getting mentioned with the same level of gravita that his dead mother is being talked uh-huh. about. Yeah, he 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 turns around and says again, "This like the snake seriously because uh, Dean has had his back to to cast through what he's saying." Yeah, but but this you know this is just a step too far for for Dean. It's like the snake really seriously, mm-hmm. but Cass is saying, "Look what he's he did. talking directly to Dean." Too. Oh yeah, through this whole thing, he is talking directly to dean he we have the three of them sam dean and Cass, standing in this triangle around the room but 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 the focus of this scene is entirely on dean and Cass. so i don't really think there's much like of a deeper level to get in on there other than what i've already said and that the you know the real betrayal is between them two um but but I don't know. I just think that the drama of the scene is definitely in 
Cass and Dean here, yeah. not 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 Sam. Yeah, because again, Dean is sort of our active element. He's the one who is persistently fighting. He's in denial. He's refusing to see these things. And so he picks his target. Like, you're the one yeah. who is saying the things that are stopping me. You, you're not letting me be in denial. So fuck you very much. Oh, my gosh. And he's carrying on that way. The definition of fucking shoot the messenger. Mm-hmm. Because Cass says, Cass is voicing what they're all, I think, feeling about the situation Cass says, um, I saw what he did and I saw, well, he says what he did wasn't bad. It was the absence of good. And I saw that in him and, and I knew I should have done something about it, but we were a family yeah, and I didn't want to lose that. So, so I think that, I think that that right there. You know, I saw that potential of bad in Jack, but but he was good for us. And I, I was living in a bit of a d- denial bubble. And I thought that I could go off on my own and fix it, find a way to fix it because I didn't want to lose it. But but now this. Yeah. And he's just so vulnerable as he's saying yes. this. And like he's admitting like... I thought I could fix it on my own, that it was my responsibility. And as he says that, Sam looks down as if he's empathizing with this guilt. He's resonating with what yeah. Cass is saying here. Yeah. And like I said, I think that Cass is speaking for all of them. This is the truth that this is the truth for all of them that Cass, I mean, that Sam is empathizing with, but Dean is actively turning away from. Yeah. Dean is still rejecting. And he doesn't emote at all until Cass says, if I could just go back, talk to him, but I can't. I failed you. I failed Jack. And I failed. But Dean cuts him off before he can say Mary's name. Yeah. And yes, again, Sam steps in between them, but he's looking at neither one of them. He's just being the emotional bubble wrap for this moment. You can't make me laugh, B. This is a horrible episode. I didn't even get a giggle at my char brisket nick, and I felt mighty fine about that alliteration. <laughs> look, look, okay? This is this is not great. This is yeah, listeners, this is not gonna be a fun episode, okay? There's I'm a, having fun, but there's a lot of traumatic metaphysical bleeding happening here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like my voice is extra like raspy and low. I'm like, yeah, it's it's briefly dissociating. We don't modulate when we're upset. <laughs> it's like it's like those few times when we run a recording to midnight. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the higher functions are shutting down now. But now it's just pure fucking emotional devastation. Misery. <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. This is fine. Yeah, we we just get a shot of these high emotions and Dean's processing and Cass is open and mournful. And it's in this moment that Rowena calls and Sam answers. And he's almost, like, he waves at Dean kind of miffed and wanting uh-huh. him to just cut off, you know? Like, that's enough basically being a bitch right now. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it, it really is. 
I don't know, Sam let them each say their piece, but Sam... He's also uh, trying to keep them from doing irreversible wounds to each other. Uh, yeah, especially for Dean. I mean, I mean, he Sam wanted to step in earlier, but now he's yeah. really like just shut it down. Yeah. So he takes a phone call. Yes. And on this call, Rowena says that Jack's energy is unstable and it's like looking at the sun trying to track him. Yeah. And I just made a note thinking about in season six, how souls could be used as a source of energy. Just how much energy would an archangel soul convert into if Jack has indeed burned off his entire soul? Well, well, that's... I. Mm. It's well. It's you say a bit of a metaphorical question. We don't have to. No, no, dig into no. It, but because you say archangel soul, but it's it, but 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 it's not, is it? Um, this is where I want to get into. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up because I am thinking. Let's look at uh, this unstable power. Um, when Rowena says this, I had an oh shit moment where. I'm thinking, okay, so we just did half a season, fuck, two-thirds of a season, where we explored the consequences of this Nephilim without his angelic powers. Lucifer stole uh, Jack's grace, and it threw his body into such chaos that he fucking died. Um, because, because as Rowena said... Uh, a Nephilim is neither angel nor human. It's a ba- it's a delicate balance between the two. Yeah. Now, now, we the first half of the season was was Jack without his grace. And now we're an episode and a half in of Jack burnt off the majority of his soul, his human soul. So is this the other side of that coin? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that we're exploring that side now. Like Again, everything to a balance. What does it mean when it's thrown off on the other side of the scale? I mean, man, I loved um, thinking about that. You know, I loved exploring that space and this like headcanon of mine. But spoilers, not spoilers. I'm pretty sad that they didn't, you know, bring it. They didn't um, carry it through to the end of the season. Um, Or they didn't go that route. I don't know. So I'm like, oh, my God. So now Jack doesn't have a soul and his power is unstable. Are are we looking at that same, you know, that issue of imbalance between his angelic side and his human side? Mm-hmm. But but really, no, for for the narrative of the second half of the season, where or for this end arc of the season, we are really just saying uh, no soul equals bad man. Which I think is a shallow, we've said it before, but I think it's a shallow, like, interpretation of things. Especially when Donatello is sitting right there in the narrative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we, like, tried to bring Donatello in, but it's like we didn't really bring it through, you know? We didn't. Well, it's not the thing that they want to do with it. Like, I I can get salty about how they have decided to label the soul as the be-all, end-all of a person's goodness. And I don't know. I mean, we did have Sam in the car earlier said, I just, I'm just trying to figure out what it would mean, what it, what it looks like, you know, a Jack without a soul. Yeah. Um, But they didn't, you know, they didn't go into it. 
But I really, really, um, I had a ooh moment when Rowena said that because if his power is unstable, I'm like, ooh, I want to explore that space. Because Mm -hmm. what if um, the fact that he burnt off a lot of his soul threw his powers back in unbalance? Yeah, and I do think that um, Cass is maybe looking at that rope because he's saying, like, how do we restore a soul? How do we get things back to Jack being Jack? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but, that was a tangent. <laughs> but it but it's my favorite it's my favorite it's one of my favorite takeaways from this episode. Um <laughs> anyways, Rowena says um his power is so unstable that I can't track him and Sam says but what about mom? And Rowena we we get this super super tense and this building of dread through the next couple of minutes of the scene. It's so good. Yeah. And she's almost stammering through her response, but Dean yells for her to spit it out, what she's saying. And so she finally admits that Mary's not on this earth anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know where she is, but she can say with certainty that she is no longer on this earth. Yeah. And and again, she's like skirting around the truth of it, but... But holy shit. I don't know. She is the one who is being the straight shot in this episode. And she's saying sincerely, like, I can't find her. And that's all I can tell you. Yeah. Because why would she want to make any speculation? Why would she do any assumptions based off of that? Yeah. But this is, this is, um, this is it. This is the confirmation. Yep. And so with that news, Dean is just looking angry and he closes his eyes. Sam is lowering his phone slowly and he looks caught in thought. And Cass is just looking remorseful already. He shut his, Cass shuts his eyes and again, just sags in on himself. It's like, fuck. Yeah. And Dean almost looks like he expects Cass to be happy to know that he was right. Like, he just looks to Cass vindictively about this. But rather than say anything, he wanders into the cabin's kitchen and he finds some furniture that can sublimate his rage. And he destroys this piece of furniture, this chair. And Sam flinches at Dean's outburst. And Sam he, flinches so hard. Yeah. Oh man, it's a full body just oof. Yeah. And he already looked close to crying. The so. other thing about Sam's face when Dean broke the chair, I was just thinking about how he likely knows how bad Dean can get when he's like this. Like just <sighs> the history that they have, the growing up, I'm imagining the temper tantrums when they were teens and just I don't that, know. It's that just... household feeling of your dad's mad and your brother's mad. And... Uh. Yeah. I... <laughs> I really don't need to bring John into this. We put him to bed in episode 300. But seeing Sam's flinch there really hit me. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I don't know. It was a flinch. <laughs> yeah. But Sam asks, so what do we do? And Dean says, what we always do. We fight to bring them back. Yeah. 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 And then this is important, an important line because we come back to it later. But initially they're considering Billy, but they got Rowena with the Book of the Damned. So there might be something there. And 
It's really interesting that Dean and Jack both go to this place. And Mm -hmm. like I said, they are mirroring each other throughout this episode that they're both in pursuit of a goal. They're both in denial about what is happening and they just have similar mindsets and approaches as they work through their denial and grief this episode. Yeah, yeah. We haven't come back to Jack yet, but he does, through this episode, run the exact same track as Dean does. Yes. We, and 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 Cass cuts in here and he says, um, well, but what what do you think we're going to do? We don't even know where she is. And Ka- Dean just snaps. He He turns on Cass and yells, then go to heaven and find her. Yes. I'm like, only Dean could make that sound just like go to hell. Oh, my God. I'm like, Dean, stop yelling at your husband. But But he is like, get out of my sight, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Sam looks like he's reluctantly going along with Dean in this moment because Dean's the one with the plan. Dean's the one who's in action. And Sam, as much as he wants to sit and think about it, he just doesn't have a choice. It's either abandon his brother to these goals or stick by his side through this. I don't know. I mean, so when Sam asked, what do we do? And Dean said, what we always do. We had a little bit of a pause there. And then Dean said, we fight to bring them back. Now... Uh, what did what did you think? Do you know what you thought he was going to say in that moment? Mm-mm. Because I know what I thought he was going to say, which was hunt down Jack and kill it, kill him. I mean, yeah. So I don't <sighs> know. Uh, hunt down the thing that did it is what I thought he was going to say, but we we didn't go that route, and um. And, and it surprised me. We're still sitting pretty early in the episode, but it did surprise me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that I took that thought and carried it through the rest of the episode, too, which I'll get into a little bit later. That you were thinking the pursuit would be after Jack? Yeah. And and that um, I was expecting the blame to be laid at Jack's feet, you know? Like, mm-hmm. go for yeah. vengeance, um, but, but I think that through this episode, we saw a surprising lack of anger and blame thrown Jack's way. None yeah. at all, really. Honestly, what they're trying to do, the three of them is, well, Dean less so than Sam or Cass, but trying to understand who Jack is now. Yeah. What could have happened that brought this. They want to understand And it's like you're saying, there's no blame that's being laid towards Jack in these moments. And just just contrast that to what Jack is expecting to be happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) So we're, we're, we're at Rowena's place. Yes. And she's already prepping the book, essentially. Yeah. She's writing copies into a second book, I guess. Uh, uh huh. She seems to be taking notes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a knock, and she does this deep sigh, and a hoo boy. Yeah. But it's not Sam and Dean, it's Jack. Yeah, and Jack is standing there, and he, he says, hello, Rowena. Oh. And I'm, 
I'm like, well, is I, 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 I don't know how to make it sound as menacing as Jack wanted it to sound. Was obviously mm-hmm. trying. I don't know. He wasn't trying to sound menacing. I'm sure, but they were but, trying to make us think he was menacing. But again, yeah, I, I sit here. I'm like, I have complete blinders on to believing Jack <laughs> Solis is evil, and I'm like, the fuck is this? Yeah, I was like, oh, that was, oh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, and Rowena, she's trying to keep her footing here. She asks after him you know seeing how he is um and why are you here looking for magic and jack confesses right away that he killed mary and it was an accident and he just wanted it to be quiet but just for a second he thought it (sighs) okay so (laughs) alex you're doing a good job yeah ripping out the heartstrings here no like seriously this uh, this scene like jack's confession here it gave me shivers he -hmm. played it so good um i i felt that emotion and you're seeing the reaction in rowena too like because when she opened the door she was so i don't know she uh, again ruth played this really well too because yeah she had this this crazy good balance between like fear and actual legitimate concern like she doesn't know where to fall yet yeah and at first it's a bit of oh like jack you're here what's going on it's more on the concern but when she hears that all he had to do was think it and mary disappears off the face of the earth yeah like she ruth is doing a commendable job yeah showing rowena as holding her composure and it's sinking in that jack could kill her with a thought if she isn't careful uh, I mean, this is, this is, I like this scene a lot because, um, we had only seen a little bit of Jack before, but here we, um, I think that even we as the audience, we didn't know where to fall on Jack yet, but with Jack expressing this true, what I would read as true emotion, mm-hmm. um, in this confession of guilt to Mary's and- murder, He's not being deceptive. He is being honest. Like, this is the first of his family that he has faced. And he's breaking down right away. And he just doesn't know how to explain. Like, it just, it happened. I didn't mean for it to happen. Yeah. And you feel real sympathy for him. And, and, but, like, this is a truly horrible thing. And I just, like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm so everything this episode. Yeah. There's upset tummies. There's antacids required. Oh, my God. And um, Jack says, it was a mistake. I didn't mean to. I have to undo it. I have to undo it. And you're going to help me. Yeah. You need to help me. Yeah. And- Rowena regains herself quickly and she's talking him slowly through the resurrection spell's history. She sits him down with the Book of the Damned notes and she makes the mention here, what is death but the ultimate curse? I'm like, that sounds like the fucking Winchester family crest, probably. (laughs) Someone's died, but we can't abide by that, Rez. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know. I have also said... Uh, repeatedly throughout the season that I feel that they're really building up heaven as a sort of like real happiness which or maybe I haven't said it yet maybe I'm thinking about <laughs> these last few episodes and how I hate everything well um, well I I have been saying that this season has really been exploring the Winchester's relationship with death yeah 
we see how they handled Jack's death. Like he had a quote unquote natural death and they at first were going to be okay with it and go along with it. But when they got that MacGuffin, you know, here's the thing that we could try and it'll undo it. And it only costs this little smidgen. They couldn't say no. They went for that honey trap. And now we have another family member in peril, another family member who's died. And what is their relationship with it again? We got to undo it. They just, they can't accept it. They don't sit well with it. But then we had John and, you know, losing John and their kind of acceptance of that too. I don't know. Um, Yeah. It doesn't sit on the same level as death, but it is feeding into that practice of like how do we let go of our loved ones when the time yeah. is right oh man uh, uh oh sorry i was gonna say something about the hunters but it'll come later <laughs> <laughs> yeah rip yeah uh. Uh, and 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 so rowena is talking jack through agnes's spells and um she did have a spell to revive you know she lost her friends um and she developed a spell to bring them back and it seems like it'll work it it seems pretty simple um what what is the spell called like necromerum necromantiorum ne- necromantiorum uh and i'm like oh necromancy great and i'm like orum <laughs> is that like silver is that gold i forget which one that goes no but i'm like uh, as soon as i heard that i'm like oh great this is gonna turn out awesome <laughs> yeah no probs and something okay it takes enormous power but simple ingredients perfect let's head right. back to the bunker and get those things right away oh my god so. um Rona says you know nothing that you couldn't easily gather at the bunker and there's a knock on the door yeah well and it's also kind of a let's go back to the bunker like let's go someplace where your family let's go home Uh uh-huh take a seat here let's get some tea let's chill out it's that subtle motion that she's trying to push him towards yeah well there's a knock on the door and and jack uh, it's not even a knock okay it's sam and dean pounding oh really i'm like how is that how you answer at your friend's place like rowena open the door and when jack hears this he accuses rowena of biding time yeah you've been tricking me he says no, and she stands up to say, just talk to them, Jack. They're your kin. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is, this this is her, is... like you said, it just just want, knowing that this can be fixed, but everyone's at such high emotions that, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, oh. Yeah, she is really trying to guide them towards reconciliation or at least getting the confrontation over because she can see that they're just high emotions and they are running from anywhere besides accountability and acceptance of what's going on. Uh-huh. But yeah. Um her little they're your kin makes me again think of what we saw in the then portion of this episode where Jack goes, I am a Winchester. Like he shouted this while holding on to Rowena possessed as Michael. Like these are the connections that I'm pulling in my head. I'm like, oh, everything's great and I'm dying. I mean that I think that is the uh, a really big thread through the episode. I mean, we hear it a lot. We haven't gotten to half of it yet, but but we had 
we had Mary saying in that flashback, like, they were never alone. You're here for them. And we have Cass saying, we were a family. And we have uh, Rowena saying, they're your kin. And then later we have Sam saying, you know, echoing those same sentiments. And uh, and I just think that this, like, family thing is is really strong in this episode and i myself am losing the thread here but (laughs) i think what i'm trying to say is that we're putting a lot of emphasis on family and we um don't want to see it unravel but it's like everything is going wrong yeah this episode I mean, it's the undertone that's going on, but it is how strong the bonds of family are. Look at what Sam and Dean are trying to do. Look how hard Cass is fighting for his family. Look how hard Jack is fighting to hold on to the place he feels he's lost. It, the whole episode is about the connections that they have with each other. It is. And, oh my gosh, I really want to get to that Sam and Dean conversation because- well- we we better fucking talk. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> We're fine. It's fine. So yeah, Sam kicks down the door, but Rowena and Jack are gone. Two steps ahead of them still. And Dean's pissed because they just can't get a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get a little scene here where Cass is at the playground and he is calling in a broken voice. Hello? And he's trying to listen for Naomi's response. And and every time Cass is in a play right now, all I can think of is like, you look inappropriate here. You need to go. Oh my gosh. There's snow though. Yeah. He does look very pretty in the snow. Yeah. Uh, Jack and Rowena. Yes. Poof into the bunker. Yes. And Rowena is indignant that Jack is hauling her around rather than treating her like somebody with choices. Like she could choose to help him. He's not giving her the ability to do it, though. I I fucking yes I loved it. Um, so uh, Jack disappears them from from uh, Rowena's flat, and when they fly into the bunker, uh, uh, Rowena just wrenches away, and she's like, "Jack!" I, oh, it, it that was, was the perfect note there. You hit it spot on. It was it was so good, Ruth. I love it. Um. She is so affronted, um, and and you know we'll I guess come back to it. But you're right um, about the choices thing. This is something that uh, Rowena actually brings up later. Yeah, Jack just isn't giving a moment for this because he's rushing so hard to undo Mary's death. Yeah, and um, they're going through the war room, and or is it the library? But yeah. Jack stops and he uh Well, it's not that he stops, but this another another flashback happens as they cross the library and mm-hmm. he's looking to a place where he and Mary had a moment that would been set between season 13 and season 14. Yeah. Um oh, yes. So so we have 
uh, uh, Jack and he's trying to flip a knife and Mary's trying to tell him how uh, show him how to do these like fancy knife tricks and and yeah. Jack just keeps dropping it and and he's and it, it goes point down into the floor and we see all these nicks of um in the floor of where in he's the been... hardwood it's not the floor <laughs> <laughs> it's the hard it is so so but 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 Jack is obviously he's been practicing this move but he's just not getting it and it just reminds me of you know all that we've seen of this human Jack where he's just been trying so hard but he's he's he just caught like I said these constant perceived failures but Mary is trying to teach him and she's being very encouraging she's like you're getting it and and Jack's just like okay thanks but <laughs> sure Jan like sure. Oh, and we have this really cute moment when uh, Jack is just like, okay, I'll keep trying. And then he looks at the floor and he's like, oh man, when Dean gets back, he's going to kill me for this. And <laughs> Mary, Mary like looks at the floor, looks at Jack, looks at the table and then pulls the table over a couple inches and says, for what? Yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just, it was really cute. And they share this moment of, sh- like, shared amusement. And Sam comes in, and we have the grief beard back. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, when did they film this? Could he grow it back quickly enough? Or, like, I have to <laughs> assume. Don't make this a prosthetic beard. It looks too real. <laughs> I don't think it was quite as full as the true, you know, grief beard. But yeah, slash hiatus beard. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sam comes in and and he looks wary and he just has a, a really sweet moment with Mary, right? Where he sees Mary and Jack together, and Jack kind of wanders off, but um. But Sam is feeling the parental guilt, as Mary puts it. Yeah. He's asking after Jack because he feels like he has been neglecting Jack in favor of the search for Dean. Yeah. And Mary says, we know we all here know what you've been doing and why you've been doing it and how hard you've been working. And um, no, Jack doesn't feel like you've abandoned him. But Sam is just like, I... I, I just, I, you know, I haven't been here for him. And yeah. Mary says, I know the feeling, basically. And, like, Mary makes a comma, too, that, you know, Jack's got a good heart. And it mm-hmm. reckons me to this upcoming scene with Sam and Dean when it, Jack is the question there. And Sam is saying he's got a good heart and a good soul. So yeah, everyone just has high opinions of Jack. And no one's sitting here being, like, that asshole. Like, it's just... They're trying to understand. This is like, this is probably my final takeaway where, again, I'm just like, I'm sitting here on this episode, even after the third rewatch, and I'm like, wow, like, even, even Dean, who is the most, like, overtly angry at the situation, we are kind of talking around the Jack issue. Later, we say, like, we knew that he had the potential of this, but, but, um... We never actually lay this anger or this blame at Jack's feet. And I don't know. It's just like, it's so surprising. It's not what I would would have expected. Yeah, Because if you're sitting and you go, well, who's getting the blame? Yeah. It's cows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I was just about to say we have we we have Dean who said if he has done speaking on Jack, if he's done anything to her, then and he turns to Cass to say, then you're dead to me. Yeah. So like cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> but fine. 
But we're not in that moment. We're with nope. Sam and Mary, and it is a really sweet sort of commiseration bonding thing about being a parent. And uh, Mary says, you know, well, well, she she says, I wasn't, I think about it too. I think about all that I missed with you. I think about all of the horrible things that you went through without me. And even when I came back, things were complicated and it's, it's never easy, but Jack has a good heart and one day you're going to turn around and somehow your kids have turned out to be and she says oh she she like she she practically she practically takes Sam's face in her hands she's glowing say, I know she's facing Sam and they're just sharing this like really emotional moment where Mary's getting choked up and she says somehow they're literally the bravest kindest most heroic men on the planet kids they'll always surprise you and death 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 so she gets choked up as she's saying it yeah that kids will always surprise you yeah and and sam is looking very emotional too yeah he's like no that's just me pretending to be sam it's fine. We're fine. It's all of us. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, just, oh, man, Mary. Mary. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So, so, now, finally, we're here. Yes. <laughs> we have arrived. Sam and Dean at Rowena's flat. I really think this, this scene here is pretty much the accumulation of the whole episode, or the, the... This is Sam's breaking point, is mm-hmm. what it is. Because yep. he's been hauled along with Dean at, up to this point. And Dean's upset that they can't keep up with Jack. Like, his plans that he keeps trying to throw himself into wholeheartedly, they keep getting thwarted. Yeah. And without a path forward, he tries pinning the blame again on Cass's choices. But this time Sam speaks up and says, it wasn't just Cass. Yes. Yes. It wasn't just Cass. It was all of us. Um, yeah. Dean, he looks like he knows it, but he's just not ready to admit to it. And it leaves an opportunity for Sam to speak about it in detail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He says, you know, we knew this could happen. We always knew you more than anyone, he says. And that, I want to say, hits like a blow on Dean. Yeah, I think that Dean perhaps has... Not on a conscious level, but it goes back to that. I was so hard on him from the beginning and he had regret when Jack died and just the doubt that may leave in Jack that that's the starting point. That was the bad foot he got off from and he can never undo it. Yeah. And knowing Um, Dean, he probably thinks he can never make amends for it. Yeah. And Sam is saying he's bringing it back, but but almost in like a like you were right kind of way. But I don't think that Dean sees it that way. He doesn't he doesn't want to have been right. Yeah, and none of them want to have been right. But um, uh, when Sam says you you always knew it from the very beginning, you were hard on him, and 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 I don't think that you know I think that Sam is offering it as a a, a concession. But Dean takes it as a reprimand a, or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
but but he doesn't say Dean doesn't say anything on it. Um, and Sam goes on to say that it, it's on him. Sam brings the blame on himself. He says, you know, I knew something was up. I knew something. I knew that this was going to break bad. Jack didn't ask to be brought back. I made that decision for him. And yeah. this is all on me. If he really is missing his soul, it's my fault because I'm the one who made that decision for him. The, uh, in that, you know, I, I gave him the tools to, you know, bring about his own downfall. Yeah, we could have left him in heaven. I mean... If you look at the narrative, well, no, you really couldn't. But it goes back to the, they had a natural death happen to one of their family members. And they were initially going to accept it. But then given that MacGuffin, they just had to chase it. Yeah, yeah. And Sam says, "I I knew that this could happen. I knew that something was wrong. And after the hunters died, I retreated. I ran away. And I, I, I dumped... I dumped Jack on Cass and I left. Uh, well, and here well, is when here is where. Well, I know it was like in between those two, but um, when Sam starts to bring that blame onto himself, that's when Dean kind of stops in his pacing, stops in his adamant denial, and he says, y- y- "You didn't know. It's no, it's not on you. You didn't know." And yeah. Sam says, "Exactly. We didn't know." Yeah. What one of us would you say? It's their fault. Like, we all were sitting in that same boat. Exactly. Exactly. He'd become family. And like you say, Dean's walking closer at this point, and he's finally making eye contact with Sam when Sam brings up the Hunter Hub and how after that he just bailed and he dumped Jack on Cass. And Sam feels guilty like he abandoned them in this moment to deal with his own shit. Yeah. Yeah. And on Jack, Sam says, we just didn't want to look at it because he won us over. We fell in love with his with his heart and his soul, which now he might not have. And what is left? And do we turn on Jack or do we hold with that, you know, he's family? I'm trying to think whether I consider there being any... Because I I just don't see Sam having any, like, do we turn on Jack? I think it is really more that he's trying to see that Dean can empathize with the position that Sam and by extension Cass is in. Yeah. You know, see, I completely agree. I, I, I don't think that there is any blame being put on Jack, which is, again, really surprising to me. It's not what I would expect because we we're here saying, you know, we knew that this was going to break bad. Uh, I, I, we just didn't know it was going to break like this. We didn't know it was going to yeah, break this and bad. And the fact that we knew it was going to break bad, like the blame is on us. Right. We saw this coming and we put our blinders on. Yeah. And Dean finally admits that he did that. He was worried, but he didn't want to see it. And it goes to that moment in Peace of Mind, where we pointed out that Dean speaking to Donatello and Donatello saying like, yeah, he's the most powerful being in the universe. And Dean has a bit of a cold awakening when he realizes that. And it's not a comfortable feeling and he tucks it away and ignores it. But here it is coming back. 
Right. Like I said, I think that this scene is pretty much the climax and the takeaway of the episode. So, but, um, Dean finally admitting that. Yeah. Dean admitting that they actually all share some of this blame and it, and it took Sam bringing it onto himself for, well, it took Dean basically running out of plans. Because yeah. he was keeping their feet on the ground, kept them constantly moving so that they couldn't have these conversations. And when these conversations happened, he shut them down. But he's run out. He's backed into a corner. There's no more for him to pursue right now. And so he's left with these uncomfortable thoughts. And Sam is, I wouldn't say forcing him to process them, but Dean has to process them if he wants to sit with his brother in his brother's the feelings he has right now yeah one thing that i didn't really uh realize until this watch today was that sam is voicing a lot of the same thoughts that Cass was a lot of the same sentiments that Cass was in the cabin scene um so so here is sam and i liked what you said that that Cass in that cabin scene is just really like this um this uh narrative representation physical representation of the truth that uh dean is denying so so here we have sam who is saying a lot of the same things that Cass was saying about family and about fear and about not wanting to accept uh you know what they thought about what they didn't want to believe about Jack because he's family. Um, and now Dean has to listen to it. He, well, we see him listening to it. He, he, what he was turning away from before he's now actually hearing out because you're right. He doesn't have, um, he says himself, like, I don't even know where to go. Yeah. He's just, he's stuck with these emotions he's been trying so hard to avoid. Yeah. I, 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 thought this, I thought this was a great talk. It was really good. Yeah. Seeing Sam have the moment to finally be vulnerable and for Dean to meet him in it. It was rewarding to the viewers as well as to uh-huh. the characters. Uh-huh. Um, back at the bunker, Jack is impatient with Rowena's spell work. But Rowena points out as she's doing this, you know, I could have fought you, but... We're all on the same side. Yeah. This line here is what I thought about when you said choice uh, for Rowena. Rowena being affronted that Jack was taking away her choice. Um, and then here she says, you know, I, I, I could have fought you, but I, I, I did it because yeah. we all want the same thing. The dramatics aren't necessary. Yeah, yeah. She's, again, also kind of trying to steer uh, Jack towards just... You just need to talk to your family because, you know, you want the same thing that Dean and Sam want. You want the same thing that I want. We all are working towards the same goal. So, like you said, the dramatics aren't necessary. Like, I'm here willingly and you, you're obviously not in a good place. Yeah. And Jack is just doubting that he can make things right. I mean, as much as Rowena says, go talk to your family, Jack still feels like there is a quid pro quo here, you know, like I fucked up, ergo I have to come with some sort of... Like offering, good faith, good faith offering. Just like a a reciprocal debt that he's paying. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's it's like, 
I, I think that it's interesting that he said, I have to undo it. Because mm-hmm. he made a mistake and he has to undo it. He doesn't say I have to fix it. He no. says I have to undo it. He has because... to rewind back to before it happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like Stacy, you know? Mm-hmm. It, he he accidentally he his powers got away from him and he and he stabbed Stacy, but he fixed it, so it's okay, right? Yeah. Why can't we just go back to the way we were before? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think Rowena could have really broken through to him in this moment, but Hallucifer kicks in. Like, Jack's doubts are running rampant, and this Lucifer interrupts because Rowena is making a good point, and here is the other side of it, you know? Mm-hmm. His self-defeating thoughts have to kick in. So forgiveness, gratitude, you don't feel anything anymore. You're just feeling the echoes of what you had before, this phantom pain this reflex. Yeah. yeah. And again, it is it is Jack's own doubts. I mean, I I know that when I was watching this episode, I'm like, fuck off, Lucifer. Like, he's just spouting his bullshit. Um, but but you pointed out to me that, you know, this isn't Lucifer. It 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 walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, but this is not a duck. It's it's Jack's own, you know, manifestation of his guilt. So yeah, it's his fears, it's his self-doubts, it's his guilt. Right. And he hasn't wanted to talk about his soullessness. He he doesn't know and he doesn't want to talk he doesn't want to think about it. But here is is Lucifer, Lucifer, um uh saying you don't feel anything anymore. No, you are soulless. And I just think when you hear that, I'm like, okay, you know that's not true, right? I mean, a person who genuinely feels no guilt, no remorse, does not have these conflicts inside of themselves. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that Hallucifer is even here tells you that Jack has a soul, that he feels he feels guilt. He feels sorrow for what happened. He feels like there's something he needs to do. It's not that he is just doing echoes or just instinct, because... Okay, even if that is instinct, your instinct is still to try and, I don't know what, I'm just devolving basically being like, <laughs> the fact Hallucifer exists tells yeah. you Jack is not irredeemable. That's a really good point. I mean, beyond what um, Jack is saying and what Lucifer is saying and and all of the you know uncertainty of what even is a soul, um, the fact that Lucifer is even here and he's having these conflicts, these inner conflicts. You're so right. I never thought about that, but yeah, uh, it it really is like the proof that there is still some soul left in him. But like this conflict is happening, this inner conflict played out with Lucifer, uh-huh. and Rowena's just sitting there putting herbs in a bowl, being like, "Who <laughs> boy, what's going on back there?" Because oh, Jack, no. Jack, just pacing in the back of this room, and Rowena, not trying to look, not trying to be obvious, how freaked out she is by the way yeah. that he's acting. She's trying to be that calm. Um, voice of reason that he needs and clearly needs with what's going on here. He's talking to his hallucination and he is acting very erratically and he's just muttering to himself, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I mean, oh, I feel really bad for him though because he's like, he's he's leaning against this stair, stair railing 
and he's just holding on and he he's um he's like he's practically hugging himself yeah and he just he does this little head shake like no and i'm just like oh no baby (laughs) oh and yeah this time um he doesn't use his powers to dissipate lucifer i noticed this time he swings an arm to basically send him away yeah and i just thought again of you know jack is probably a little wary of who he is right now, what he is capable of doing. Yeah, I agree. He's spiraling, as Rowena will say. But but Jack grabs Rowena and says, Are you done? And she's she's freaked. She's right freaked. But Yeah. This has been enough of a moment here in the bunker for her. Yeah, she says, Yes, yes, I'm done. Um we just need the last ingredient, uh, the last component of the spell. We need her body. And Jack's just like, oh, shit. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. We, <laughs> we uh, cut to commercial. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to leave you on that to ponder, uh-huh. Jack. When we come back, Cass is at the playground and he is stubborning his... I was like, is that a word? He's no. stubborning <laughs> his way into talking with heaven. And it's not Naomi who comes down, but Duma, and she's asking him, like, you're here about Mary, and why would you want to remove Mary from where she is? Man, no, but but I do have to cut in to say that when uh, Duma came out and Cass says, I, I need to go to heaven, I need to find someone, and Duma says, if you're here for Mary Winchester, then you should leave now. I, I had this split mm. second of, oh, oh, okay, so she's not in heaven. Oh, oh, I, oh. Okay. <laughs> like she's still alive somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I had a mo- I was like, maybe she's on, like, Mars or something. Like, <laughs> she's not on Earth, Rowena said. That could mean anything. She could be anywhere in the universe. Exactly. We sent her back to the apocalypse world or some such. Maybe she's in the bad place. Um, so when Duma says, if, if, if you want to come to heaven to see Mary, then you need to just leave. And I'm like, okay, score. And then a split second later, <laughs> a split second later, it's, oh shit. Nope. Wait a second. That's not what she meant. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Duma. Duma says a lot here. <laughs> yeah. Essentially that Mary's at peace. She yeah. died painlessly. And she's in a special heaven, and she's complete. Yeah. You and the Winchesters may not be, but she is. Doom is trying to point at Cass and be like, you want to take her out of her perfect special place for your own selfish reasons. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, that goes back to, okay, what's the Winchesters' relationship with death? And that, I mean, I joked, family crest, but... What is death but the ultimate curse? There just seems to be this cloud that hangs over them. How are we going to get around this? But is it? And when do you let go? Yes, exactly. We're in this season, I think, finally seeing the characters grapple with those questions. But... As I was saying, we we hear now I can actually say it with confidence. Uh, we have Duma here saying she's in her heaven. She's in her special heaven. She feels no pain. She is happy. And I think that with Kelly and with Jack even, and, and I think that this season we have been building up heaven to be an actual peace, you know, happiness that could be, and not this, you know, death is the ultimate curse, um, which is 
fucking worrying, isn't it? I I refuse to sit where you are, even though you're <laughs> making excellent points. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, so, Rowena and Jack in the field. The field with capitals. They are at the blast site, and Rowena is trying to tell Jack that it's not going to work. He's in no condition. He is spinning. And whatever you bring back won't be her. But Rowena in this scene, I think this is my favorite Rowena scene this whole episode. She's been a shining fucking star this whole episode. But this scene where they're in the field and they're slowly approaching this field. And Rowena's voice when she says, "Um, Jack, where's the body? And... And Jack is just saying, he is frantic. He's saying, it's going to work. It'll it'll work. You're going to help me. It's going to work. This and pile of dirt will have some merry particles in it. Oh that works God. right. Technically, Rowena, that's her body. <laughs> I mean, it's just this, this, again, this perfect balance between trepidation and sorrow, deep sorrow, when um, Rowena denies him to say, I, it, it won't. It won't. And she's try. She's so soft and so fucking sad, but it won't work. Yeah, she can't do it. Yeah, she just bravely refuses to help him, and yeah. in response, he ruthlessly sends her back to her flat. <laughs> and Rowena here, she's knocked down. She's breathless but undaunted. So she dusts herself off and uh-huh. she calls Sam to fill him in. Yep, yep. She, again, is like, she she picks herself up with the this huff that is just fucking perfect. And, um, and she She's calls... just like, what a fucking day. Like, it was that kind of I level know. of exasperation. Like, okay, I'm still in it. It's not I... bedtime yet. Exactly. She picks up her phone and collapses into her armchair. But she, she, Sam picks up and she says, uh, your boy, he, he, he's, he's, he's desperate. He's confused. He's angry. Um, he wants to bring Mary back using magic. And, and so now we're, um, uh, with Sam and Dean in the Impala, and yeah. they said, and talking just... about cinnamon topography here, <laughs> it was a really excellent transition between all of the scenes. We've gone from Jack perspective with Rowena to Rowena perspective in her apartment. She calls yeah. Sam, and perspective changes again over to Sam and Dean. Yeah, yeah, and um, they don't know where they're going. But I mean, they said, "Hey, we just left." Um, and she says, "Well, I'm back, and here's what's going down." Um, and and when she says Jack wants to bring Mary back using you know the Book of the Damned, uh, Dean, uh, Sam has Rowena on speakerphone. Dean leans over and says, "Can he do that?" Mm-hmm. And- yes. Yeah. Dean is just asking why they would try and stop jack basically. yes 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 um she says you have to stop him and dean straight up says why um why would we want to and uh rowena that's when rowena says that um she she says that necromancy is unpredictable yes. under ideal conditions yes and essentially your boy may bring back something terrible yes exactly um and and we 
And we leave on that ominous note to Jack in the Blast Zone. And he has the Book of the Damned. And and he is casting this spell. And he starts chanting from the book. And the heavens fucking open in this maelstrom of the these this like purple magic lightning storm and i'm like zombie apocalypse here we go this yep. is how it is it felt like this isn't <laughs> going to be one resurrection this is going to be all the resurrections this county yeah. is fucked <laughs> i'm glad that you had the same thought that i did i seriously thought that he was gonna ra- uh, like raise the undead and yeah exactly this county is fucked yeah yeah yeah. So this purple cloud is swirling with light above him and he hears the impala approaching and he wills it into stalling. So Sam and Dean get out and they run on foot towards the blast site. And when they approach, they find Jack beside what appears to be Mary's body. Yeah. He, the, the only words that Jack says to right. Sam and Dean this whole episode he stands up he's he's really filled with just this despair and yeah, he his says, voice is breaking he says it didn't work and he flies away yeah the boy i mean sam and dean don't get don't say anything no there's they have very little time to react to jack yeah i mean i i think that uh, this episode is a lot of misconnections and it's just like oh just talk to each other yes honestly Ugh. oh yeah it was so hard to watch i mean it was really good and it was an emotional punch but but it was it, just like it's one of those things where it's the characters and their perceived shortcomings that are just compounding one another like jack has never been taught how to react to these circumstances sam and dean and Cass don't have the history with Jack where this open communication is just expected between them. You know, this is just a comedy of errors that is happening to them. Yeah. Yeah. And we see Mary, but we see Mary when, when, when uh, Jack finished out his spell and he kind of drops to his knees on the ground. Um, we didn't see what he was looking at. It was not until it was not until Dean and Sam approach the field that we see that um, Mary is 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 there. Yes. And and I, I I know what you said. I was like I'm like I was just waiting for her to open her eyes. <laughs> well, really, I was still waiting on those zombies. I'm like I was I was eyeing the field. <laughs> She's like, not the oh, only shit. one. Where are they at? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> But you, you said you said that you were so sure through the majority of this episode that Dean, like Mary, was dead, and and you were feeling that like weight of real loss. While here, I was sitting there like, no, no, they're not gonna what? No. But then you said that when you saw actually saw Mary, you were like, what? This is the Scooby Doo. Like, what? Yeah. Wait a second. This is not what you guys were conditioning me for. <laughs> but. But but yeah, Dean runs to Mary and he holds her. He's asking for her, but there's clearly no response. Um, Sam crouches more slowly beside them and yeah. we get a Mary Dean flashback. This one for you, Remy. <laughs> oh, you fucker. I, if we're passing the hot potato, this potato has a bunch of spikes hanging out of it. Like, here you go. <laughs> Oh my god. So this 
Yeah. <laughs> this flashback is this just brief moment where we have um, Dean and Mary in the Impala going down a dark road. Uh, it's late at night. Dean's driving and Mary, he looks to his, um, hold on, I gotta get my left and my right fingers out. Okay, let's <laughs> see. Uh, he And he looks to his right and uh, Mary is asleep on his shoulder. Um, and it's this, like I said, very brief, very quiet moment. And he looks at her and he looks back to the road and he just smiles. Yeah. It just is, it summarizes so succinctly what Dean needed from Mary. And it's just, he's happy to have her near. Yeah. He's That's just all happy he that needs she's to there. be happy. Yeah. He's so happy that she's there and he just, he, he, he smiles and he lays down on the gas a little bit and he just is just so, he settles into this contentment in the moment Mm -hmm. and, and then, and then we come, we fade out of that image and onto Dean's face here in the moment looking down on at the body of his mother and he's lost her again. Yeah. Sam, he puts a hand on Dean's shoulder. He has a hand on Mary and together they grieve. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell I have my entire face in my hands? I'm yep. sorry. It's Listeners, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, oh man. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so from here, we go to Jack, and he is curled up in some sort of mechanical setting. And he has Lucifer being the devil on his shoulder, going, well, I warned you, it's worse trying and failing. There's no going back now. And Sam and Dean are never going to trust you again. And you know what that means, right? You can never trust them again either. Uh, when when he delivered this line, I wanted to throw something. I'm like, "Fuck you! What what does that even mean?" But uh, again, I have to set I have to set my feelings aside and realize <laughs> that these are Jack's own doubts. And um, mm-hmm. right. And and what what Lucifer is saying here is um. You know how they feel about family, and you know what will happen. And he never voices it explicitly, but this is exactly what I've been saying, what I've, I have been thinking, right? Like, we hunt the thing that killed mom, you know? That's the premise of the entire show. And so when Lucifer says, they'll never trust you again, and that means that you can't trust them either because Jack is genuinely afraid of the lashback of this. Like, yes, he knows what the Winchesters do. Yep. And again, we set the scene for, I think this is absolutely intentional. I would love a fucking sit down with Bobo, but to, to really ask this question because I want to know, but I feel it had to have been intentional to one have the what do we do in the cabin in the cabin uh, to have that what do we do line and then we find a way forward you know we we find a way to bring her back um, when I was expecting something different and then here to have Lucifer laying down that y- you know what will happen yeah and then again 
just a scene later, Sam reiterating or echoing that, so what do we do now? And I was expecting vengeance and we we did not go that route. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves no, right now know, because it's but, coming up, but yeah. that is really, I think, the pivotal line. And it goes to my thesis about the Winchester's evolving relationship with death in this season. So Jack is alone and 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 he's and he's scared, but he feels that he has no choice other than to he can't face this he can't face them. Well, he is again, he's worried about his usefulness and here he has failed at the one thing that he feels he must do. So yeah. what is the point of something useless? Yeah. Yeah. Jack's doubt is that he's now the enemy. That he exactly Jack now thinks that he is the outcast and and he is the hunted, um and he, maybe even that he deserves that role. Yeah, he's irredeemable. Yeah, irredeemable. But we go back to the bunker and Sam is sitting at the kitchen table and um he is reminiscing, I guess. Yeah, he's morning. slipping through the photos that they have, you know, him as a baby, Mary wrapped around a young Dean, just the moments, the nostalgia yeah. that you have. And yeah. Cass enters the kitchen here and Sam rises, he gets more alert, and Cass confirms that Mary is in heaven and she's at peace. And Sam looks down, his mouth is drawn hard, and he nods and looks up. Like, it's hard to hear, but he's accepting it. Sam's face this scene i'm like i i couldn't i couldn't do it great justice job. even if i try yeah great job <laughs> but he goes through this is the scene where we really feel the weight of sam's grief yeah and we also get a bit of testing the waters between dean and cass because yeah. as cass is saying this he's sitting down across from sam but behind him at the doorway dean has come and he is eavesdropping and when he hears that his mother's in heaven he gets a little bit sharp again and he goes so you're just gonna take duma's word for it and Cass. Well, no. Cass went the extra mile to ensure that Mary is happy and guiltless. That she's just experiencing joy. So we, as Cass is saying this, um, we uh, get his voiceover um, on Cass actually in heaven. He's walking the halls and he approaches the door of Mary Winchester. Um, we, she has two dates on the door. Oh my God. But, um, so I was, I was so, I had a little giggle over the two dates on the door when I first saw the scene, but then now this, um, this watch, I had a extra ouch where her second, um, pair of dates was, uh, 2016 to 2019. Yeah. And it, it, it really just slapped me in the face of, oh, they only had her for three years. Three, yeah. three short years is is all that she had, is all that they had. It just calls me to, you know, you just being here, that brings them so much happiness. Yeah. Um, all they need is to know yeah. she's there. Yeah. So it's it's really bittersweet, I think. But, but so uh, Cass is at the door and he opens it 
we don't see into this heaven. We don't see anything. We just see uh, Cass's reaction to what he sees through the store. And um, as he's saying to Sam and Dean in this voiceover, he says, she's with John. She's at peace. She's happy. No sorrow, no guilt. Just joy. Just joy. Exactly. And and he slowly closes the door. And then we're back in the bunker. And again, I'm like, who the fuck directed this episode? Because I want to kiss your feet. (laughs) Not in a weird way. (laughs) Not in a Tarantino way. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Um, man. Yeah. So Sam takes a moment to elaborate on sort of the simulacrum that is Mary's body. Rowena thinks that Jack just brought back a shell and it's incapable of holding life. So there's nothing that they can do with it. Like, again, it goes back to that MacGuffin. If there was, you know, we're going to use Lily Sunder's magic again and bring her back. Like, there's just no options for that. Right. He he says it's just a replica. It's not even real. Yeah. It's not even it's not even her in any way. Yeah. And then the doorway, you can see Dean settle back and it's just it's the final nail in the coffin for this hope that he was doggedly chasing this whole episode it's like legitimately no fucking joke my little little pea brain to me they just kept dangling it in front of us and i was the cat chasing that fucking laser pin because i i I didn't want to believe it i couldn't believe it 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 wasn't until it wasn't truly until this closing of the door moment that i was like oh shit (laughs) she's not in the next episode (laughs) yeah exactly oh my god it's the mm, it mm. it takes a while to sink in and like even in the kitchen here you can see the three of them they're all so still yeah they're just And, and what you were saying with what sam said about you know the body itself i mean it really is we're just being told again and again and again and it just keeps getting like yanked away from us, and it, you know, brought back a little bit. Just a, it's a fucking fishing lure, and we're, ah! anyways, mm-hmm. anyways, Bobo, fuck you, Bobo, I love you, great job, <laughs> but fuck great. you. Uh, this is like such a strong episode, and for this to be what it is, this actual like goodbye on this character, this beloved character, um, I, I ain't even mad. I, I can sit here and be like again. You killed Mary for what? But we can chase that tale for days and we can't change it. But we can sit here and say the way that this episode was crafted, like it's called absence through all of the episode scenes. We're feeling that absence and the flashbacks are highlighting the absence. Everything is pointing to Mary as the character that everyone is feeling the loss of. Yeah. And we're feeling it the same way the characters are feeling it. We are pursuing that hope that she's not actually gone. There's going to be something that they can do. We're sitting with the characters in their grief throughout this episode. And that's a really tricky thing to do, I think. And it's also deftly done. Absolutely. Yeah. We have Sam, and he is 
repeating the refrain that we heard earlier in the cabin. So what do we do? And Dean, with his eyes closed, he answers what we always do. And we don't hear his response, but we Uh do change now the setting. We are at a pyre and it's at a crossroads and the pyre is burning and Sam tosses in a photo of Mary and we get a montage of Mary's weapons, her smiles, and their dinner with John. And it's rough. Yeah, that little oh man, that's when I started crying. That mo- <laughs> that that montage of Samantha Smith and and all yeah, at the pyre. You know, we've had a lot of flashbacks, but this one was Mary for Mary's sake. This one was Mary's for Mary's sake. And also, it was the only one in color. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> oh boy, did I break you? No, I'm a fine. A little bit. <laughs> I slapped a band-aid on that leaky hole on my balloon of emotions. But but these flashes of of you know established We get her vibrancy. We get exactly. Oh, she's so pretty and her smiles are so wide and radiant and you're, exactly that's that's exactly it and and it it is a kick to the fucking chest and yeah. we have the pyre burning and um yeah so here Cass looks to dean and it cuts to him we can see Cass wants to approach him but sam actually holds him back and he's shaking his head like now is not the time but he keeps his hand on Cass's shoulder, assuring of his place with them. You know, it's yeah. just, he continues to be the emotional bubble wrap, like I said. Uh, yeah, yeah. When Sam holds Cass back, I'm like, uh-oh, fuck. But then Sam doesn't turn away back to the pyre. Yeah, he it's not a dismissal. It's not exactly. a refusal. Exactly. He keeps his hand on Cass. He clasps his shoulder and brings him in. It's just it's just a let Dean be. Yeah. But but I'm but I'm here for you. And it, it was really nice. And I was holy hell. It was a good beat. Just oh, of the really three good. characters there, the way that they're taking care of each other and the current states that they're in right now. Yeah, it was a really good uh, showcase of where we stand going into the next episode. Uh, so, because Dean is kind of stony faced looking into the fire. Um, yeah. And I know I mentioned this before, but the way, the place where they have built this pyre, it is in the center. It's a crossroads, and it's in the center of these three roads that have met together. Uh-huh. And it is just feeling like here's our three characters and here's the way that they were all brought to this one place. This central figure here being Mary. Yeah. So it was a really clever choice for the setting that that's where they chose to put the pyre. Just illustrating that again for us. Cinema for Cinematography. <laughs> it was really it was uh, yeah i know i i i'm not fucking intelligent enough to dig too much into uh the cross i don't know if it's intelligence or if it's just instinctively trained by tumblr to stare at like the most minor details (laughs) and be like galaxy brain moment over it I but I love I love that that we're maybe going to see I don't know that maybe um 
our we can see it as our characters are meeting in the middle at you know this Mary. Yeah, here's the connective tissue, you know. Yeah. Or or that from here we're going to, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah. What divert are, how oh. are we going to d- divert? How are our characters going to diverge from each other? Um going Remy's reblogging because- my essay and she's putting a rebuttal. I love okay. it. <laughs> because no one cuz you know, no one I mean, I don't know. I think that Sam and Dean are kind of standing on the same place, but are they? What we know from the next few episodes like are they? Yeah. Again, yeah. Dean tends to be pushing himself forward through action and Sam wants to have the moment to dig in his heels and contemplate. But if he did that, then he's letting Dean go off outside of his vision and what's going to happen. You yeah. Know? And Cass is is going in a completely different way and, and Sam is trying to... I think he's... He is sticking by Dean in the hopes that he can be the voice of reason to Dean. It's just so difficult to find a moment where Dean seems to be amiable to hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. I, (laughs) okay, okay. And then that's scene, right? Well, the final little thing that we see is on the table in the bunker. We see the Sam Winchester, Dean Winchester initials carved in, and now there is an MW beside it. Yeah? Yeah? Every single fucking shot in this episode is... (laughs) Is a is a fucking baseball bat to the head. I hate it. Yeah, were you <laughs> feeling okay? Well, fuck you. Bam. Yeah. So, man, it was it must have been not that long ago. It was probably about a month ago or six weeks ago. But I was uh, teaching a class, and and I was kind of like in between classes at the moment, but um. I had a student that was sitting in the back of the room and she was watching something on her laptop and I'm walking behind her to get out of the room and I glance at her laptop and it's that fucking pyre scene, Samantha Smith smiles montage. Oh no. Coming out of left field. Hey Remy, how are you feeling? (laughs) Boom. I had no idea what this fucking girl was watching in the back of my class, but I I thought this only happened in movies. <laughs> you you know that scene in a Cinderella story where with Hillary Duff and is that the is that the name of the movie I don't where know. <laughs> you started where with you know and I'm like oh fuck. <laughs> Where she's walking down the hallway and she's looking at the hot guy and she slams head first into a locker door. Um, oh no! Yeah, that was me because I rubbernecked. <laughs> I rubbernecked at this laptop and I bang my head with an audible thump on the door to the classroom. Oh and my god! I at the same moment I exclaim, "Oh my god!" This poor girl. <laughs> This poor, she whips around. You just put her on blast. She didn't even know. I did. I did. This poor girl. I was like, and then of course I had to jump in and like reassure. It's it's fucking like uh, meeting a fan in the wild, except. You're like, I put the best foot forward as your teacher in this moment. I walked into the, I literally walked into the door and she must have like heard the thump. She had to have heard the thump. She only had one earbud in. But 
<laughs> but um but but I was like, I'm sorry. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I start apologizing, like Ratha, and then babbling, like, but it, it's your, uh, uh, that, that's Samantha, and then I saw, and then the super, and then oh my god, this episode, like, yeah, th- this episode though, right? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and she then I fled. Like, I'm just catching up, and you're like, no, you don't understand. We podcast about this. It's important. <laughs> She was like, "Oh yeah, I've been trying to catch up before the before the next season starts." I'm like, "Oh, fine. yeah, that's fine." I was like, "Oh yeah, cool. This episode though." And then I walk out and I go hid. I hid in the coffee room until the class started. Oh, Remy. Again, it was like fucking wily coyote bullshit. So. Oh man. So. Um, so, so Remy. <laughs> oh God. So I re- okay. So, um, my takeaway is that we went through this whole episode defying my own expectations of what I would have expected from Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, from Dean, from the Winchesters. Uh, we we this this episode has this um desperation it has this dread it has this tension yeah uh, and even when we have anger it's not directed towards jack exactly but it's not i was expecting a hard line on it and and it's really cool i don't know and i loved that lucifer was saying one thing to jack but then in the very next scene we're turning that we're saying no it's not it's not it's not that black and white yeah, that these are Jack's self-doubts and they don't really uh-huh. have basis with the way his family actually is reacting. Yeah, and, and so I came off of this episode really excited to see where we were going to go with the last two episodes because there's only two episodes left and I'm like, yeah. wow. Yeah. 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 So, a B, <laughs> how about your final takeaway? My what final takeaway? Um. I probably am just beating that drum again, saying that this episode really shone a light on to me the way that this season has demonstrated the Winchester's evolving relationship with death. And they're they're attempting to get more comfortable with it. They're still kind of bristling against the way that most people experience death. But we are seeing some evolution in the characters. And it is refreshing to see them, albeit they've exhausted all resources, but they still have come to a final conclusion saying, we have to get comfortable with this, like it or not, mum is dead. Oh my god. Yeah. So that was the big thing I took away. I mean, I could go and spend half an hour recounting my thoughts on Cass's moment in his truck. I could recount over about the way Sam and Dean spoke in Rowena's flat. But we've done those and I think that they still feed in with, you know, how do we move forward as a family? How do we allow the absence of one to shape us moving forward? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we almost saw what it could have been with Jack, but yeah. they just weren't quite there. Yeah. And here we see them in a similar attempt to say, no, no, we're not accepting this. But this time they do have to accept. 
Yeah. And but but for the final scene to be that what do we do now? And then really the answer to that is accept it. Yeah. To grieve and to then grieve. to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, so that was season fourteen, episode eighteen, absence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We hope you guys are okay, because we're not, but we'll be <laughs> fine. Grieve and move forward. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know, for all of the fucking crying and the incoherency, we really did enjoy recording and we hope that you enjoyed listening. Uh, you can join us next week as we cover uh, season 14, episode 19, Jack in the Box. Yeah, so... If 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 you enjoyed this episode, then you should definitely like, subscribe on uh, iTunes or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. We love to see them. Yeah. Reach out to us on social yeah. media. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. We've recounted the addresses tons of times, so I'm sure you can find them. And we also have an email address if you want to reach out and chat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so... We'll so see you guys it. next week. See you guys. Have fun <laughs> sitting on this one. <laughs> Recover from this. Get a blanket, get some tea. Thank you. Bye. Bye. There was this little, like, fruit fly in in here with me. And I reached out, and I, like, Mr. Miyagi caught it. (laughs) And I opened my hand, and it just flew away because I was... (laughs) Well, I was... That's when you're like, I'm a benevolent god. (laughs)